me, girl Would you like someone new to talk to? Oh, yeah, all right I'm feeling kind of lonely, too, if you don't mind Can I sit down here beside you? Oh, yeah, all right Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomCastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew. We are back in Albuquerque with our favorite Mets-selling friends for the return of Jesse Pinkman and his direct follow-up to the series finale of Breaking Bad, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Or maybe El Camino, a Jesse Plemons movie, as it feels that way for stretches of this one. But no, of course, it's all about the continuing adventures of Jesse Pinkman, Life on the Run. Which, of course, brings back Aaron Paul into our lives, and he is ducking from the cops after his escape from his cage life with the neo-Nazi meth dealers who imprisoned him in the final season. The movie focuses on his pursuit to avoid capture, and his attempts at leaving Albuquerque behind for good. The cast is a who's who of Breaking Bad favorites such as Aaron Paul, Jesse Plemons, Jonathan Banks, the recently deceased Robert Forster, Kristen Ritter, and yes, Walter White himself, Brian Cranston. Writer-director Vince Gilligan is back at the helm, of course, taking some time off from Better Call Saul to go back to the characters that started it all. To help me break this one down and explore the relevance of this movie in the Breaking Bad universe is the host of the So Wizard podcast, Joey DiCarlo. So Wizard is an excellent pop culture podcast that covers everything from hit TV shows, movies, comic books, and everything in between. You can check them out at SoWizardPodcast.com or subscribe to their podcast wherever you get them. And of course, if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Nomcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like, bitch. Thanks so much. Give a listen. So obviously, I, I, I'm a fan of your podcast. I listen to you guys. And obviously, you, you run the gamut between covering movie stuff, TV stuff, uh, you know, comic book stuff, any of the things that kind of obviously go into the zeitgeist pop culture realm. Mm-hmm. And But the one thing I don't know is where do you guys stand or did you guys cover Breaking Bad in the moment or no. have you done anything to cover that? No. <laughs> It, it's uh it never really uh popped up on the show um i know mark likes it he hasn't finished it so aubrey's okay. never watched it because she doesn't watch anything um <laughs> <laughs> mark i think made it to uh like halfway through season two but you know as the show starts to turn dark he kind of like backed out oh interesting uh, yeah you know in that he was the same way with game of thrones when uh they had the red wedding. He's just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> he just stopped. He just stopped. So, um, but I watched it all the way through um, with my wife when it was airing. And it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So. so you, when you're watching the end of the original series, you felt satisfied by that ending or how did you, how did you feel when the series ended? I thought it was great. I thought it stuck the landing. I was like, thank God it stuck the landing. Um, because there's very few TV shows that you can just say, hey, Andrew, listen or Andrew, watch Breaking Bad. And yeah. I don't have to qualify that with like, hey, Andrew, check out Lost. But only the first season is good. And then it gets OK in the middle of the third season <laughs> and the fourth season sucks. And then it comes back and then the ending's bad. Like 
it's just a show I could say, here, watch this, and I don't have to qualify it with anything. So I, w- I was glad it stuck the landing. Yeah, that's very true. And that was also at a time when, you know, we were kind of riding the line between the monoculture was still going on, where you can be like, I watched it last night and I can talk to someone about it the next day and everybody kind of knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, but they got bigger off of the Netflix effect. So they were still within that part of the culture too, where they got, Oh, you didn't really catch up with season one. Oh, here's what everybody's talking about. Binge watch this and then come back and join the monoculture in the following season, which obviously happened right. with game of Thrones as well. Right. Yeah. I, I, actually, that's how I got caught up on Breaking Bad. As I heard the buzz about it, I hadn't watched it. And then I binged seasons one and two on Netflix in probably like a week. Yeah. And I was like, the show is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I demanded my wife to watch it. And then she caught up. And then when season three started, we were in every, I think it was Sundays. We were every Sunday watching it in front of the TV. Yeah. I was very much the same story. I was, I think I either had to binge one or two and then jumped in on the conversation from there. But I, I absolutely loved the show. I thought they absolutely stuck the landing. That's why when I heard about this movie, I, I had mixed feelings because I thought that they ended the show as well as any show could end. I mean, there's so many shows I absolutely love that I thought didn't nail the ending. I mean, I, was, <laughs> I heard about that one uh, being a big deal. I mean, I'm a Dexter fan. That one was a little weak. Oh, Jesus. You know? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, you have that. my condolences to you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say my family because he's Dexter Morgan. And so technically it sounds like he's exactly. part of my family. But yeah, so Dexter's Seinfeld is a large one that people had mixed feelings on. Sopranos. Some of these, the biggest movies, or excuse me, biggest shows, didn't stick their series finale, at least as far as like fans were concerned. I mean, look at Game of, Th- Game of Thrones. They didn't stick the last season. Oh, yeah. They're getting killed. And, you know, I, I, I'm I'm in that camp. I thought it was not good. Uh, I, I really had to be dragged to the finish line and, and the way it all went down. I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not going to spoil Game of Thrones for people uh, on here. But what I will say is that coming into this movie, I was like, okay, I'm a big Better Call Saul fan. And I thought that was largely not going to be worth the effort as a spinoff from something that I absolutely loved. You know, but then I watched it and I was pleasantly surprised. And I'm actually at times I'm like, God, is this better than some of Breaking Bad? Like, it's incredible. Right. I was uh, terrified. And we talk about this a lot on our show is like sometimes you can't go back. Like if you asked me when I was like 13, like, do you want more another Star Wars movie? Right. I was I, I, I don't couldn't describe to you the awful, terrible things I would do to get another Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then then we got the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. So uh, sometimes you, you want it and you, you get it and it sucks. Yeah. It's just like, oh, OK. Because it's, a lot of this stuff's like lightning in a bottle. Like, you know, all those people in that circumstance that caused them to make Breaking Bad as a series, like it, it may be gone in the intermittent eight years it took to make this movie. I mean, we know that Todd was eating a lot making it <laughs> yes his bloat was definitely something of note <laughs> that i put down that i thought was very distracting but i also thought like i didn't realize he was going to be such a huge part of this that like mm-hmm. most of the cameos in here you can kind of like buy for a minute 
like that it's you know short-lived maybe a few minute scene but todd's in it so right, much they, that it yeah, becomes drove, quite they, distracting right they drove mike in for like a day to shoot for five right. seconds like <laughs> Yeah, and same thing with Kristen Ritter and, and you know, Badger, Skinny Pete. Like, they always have a little bit more. But, you know, obviously we'll get to the now probably infamous on the web Walter White scene, which obviously everyone's going to go crazy about. When you do a Breaking Bad movie, I guess you have to. But largely I thought people wouldn't think that he would be in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now that you have watched the movie or at least – when you watched the trailer or when you were coming into this, did you have a certain level of expectations of what the movie would be like? Uh, I had no idea what it was going to be like or what they were going to do. I was actually expecting it to be um, very depressing. Mm, yeah. But uh, I just I just hoped it didn't suck. That was my main expectations. Please don't suck because then I would have to put that asterisk on Breaking right. Bad. And I, I didn't want to do that. The only thing I gathered from like, say, like the teaser even where they're having the conversation with skinny pete which obviously never even entered the movie it was just something extra from from this time period the thing that i thought was like okay we're gonna get a chase movie we're gonna get because if they're gonna pick it up from where they left off which is essentially the skinny pete conversation with the police that's it sounds like they're literally just after all this happened so to me okay cool i'm into uh what vince gilgan believes to be like a chase movie like something in like uh, that'll feel like a Michael Mann movie or something kind of, you know, wild and 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 have, you know, kind of some reflections on maybe what Jesse is and maybe learn more about him. Those type of elements might have been present. But outside of that, I, I, I largely didn't know anything. Yeah, I only watched that original teaser that you were just talking about. That was it. And I was like, OK, I'm going to go in blind because I don't want anything ruined in the movie. So. So now that you have watched the movie, how do you think it held up to coming off? It's it's got such a shadow. It's got such an expectation, given how the ending of the previous, like how the series ended, that this has to stand up to those type of expectations. How did it land for you? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. It was just like slipping into a comfy pair of old shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It just felt like within 10 minutes, it was just like right back into Breaking Bad. It it felt exactly like part of the series. Even some of the ways the camera angles and shots were, it was like, oh, God, I missed this. Well, in in part, I mean, obviously, why wouldn't they? But Vince Gilligan just kind of brought the old team back. Right. Like he, he basically had the same editing staff, the same cinematographer, the same composer. So everything should and does feel like a Breaking Bad extended episode, kind of. Yeah, it, it was great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it. But, you know, it's it's a coda to the series. So, I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's following up on what happened to Jesse, and that's what it is. If people were expecting more than that, they might be disappointed. But for what it was advertised as and what it is, I, I, I freaking loved it. The, the one thing I would say uh, for me, because I will say that I was talking with some friends while I was watching and we were all kind of having that, which was actually a nice thing, too, to have kind of a little bit of monoculture back to where I felt like, oh, friends of mine are watching it. We're kind of talking along as it's going on. This is kind of cool because it doesn't really happen much anymore. I don't even have cable, for God's sake. So it's it, it was kind of nice to do that. But what we were kind of saying to each other was. This is an incredibly well done, very well acted, very well produced epilogue that is quite unnecessary 
in the larger scheme of the universe of Breaking Bad. Because I, I feel like the the I don't I don't feel like I know much more about Jesse, and I don't feel like it improved upon anything from where the series ended. I think all the juice from ending something where he's literally screaming in elation and terror and you know everything driving that car away from that horrific scene is probably more of the juice that I'm you know I was accustomed to with the series that you don't really match at any point in the movie. No, and this is obviously completely unnecessary. Like this does not have to exist, but I'm glad it does. I liked it, but I, I see what you're saying. Like there's no there was no there's no needs reason to make this movie. Um, other than they wanted to, and I'm, I'm just glad it didn't suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I will agree with. I, I didn't find myself going, well, this is a waste of time. Like, that, I, I, it's not good that I'm, you know, completely, you know, turned off by the whole thing. I would definitely say the opposite. But what I will say, that this might feel more like, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of it, but, and I'm I'm not, so I'm speaking out of my ass slightly, but the, uh, they... <laughs> There's been a few of these lately. The the kind of after series has gone away movie. Like we've had just in the last six months, I think we've had the Deadwood movie and Downton Abbey just came out with a movie that was in theaters for Christ's sake. <laughs> so apparently more and more people are thinking of doing this. And a lot of it just tends to be kind of like, hey, let's bring the band back together. Here's some fan service. Oh, and Veronica Mars did it too. Veronica yep. Mars had some kind of level of a movie yeah, to come like, back to kind of be like, hey, aren't we all here again? Isn't this fun? I don't like any of those shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I didn't watch any of them. I can't speak on them. Uh, but I will say, you know, it, some of these things have happened before. Like, I think uh, I watched 24 and they had some kind of either, uh, um, they had one that was like a movie while it was still going on. I think when like the writer strike happened, they shot like a little like two hour episode, like TV movie kind of thing. They did that. And there's been versions of this over the, over the years, even for shows I like, but a lot of times it's kind of like, Oh, look, they brought this guy back. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's a lot of fan service. And I think the Walter White scene in this movie in particular was kind of like, Oh my God, Walter White's in this movie, you know? And, I don't think it has a huge impact. I, what did you think of that scene? We can start there. It's honestly superfluous, but like we said before, there's no way you make this without getting him to cameo somehow. Like it's yeah. just not going to happen. So it it had to happen. Uh, it was fine. It was I was glad to see it, but it was just it was just there. That was probably honestly out of everything. And I think that's supposed to be a big gotcha fist pump moment of the movie, seeing him in the movie. I, sure. I could care less. <laughs> I just yeah. I'd rather have more time with the actual storyline of the movie than what whatever that was. Yeah, and I think the only thing that you should, you know, possibly take away from that scene in particular, I guess, is just you know, there's one comment that Walter makes where he says, "You're really lucky, you know, that you didn't have to wait your whole life to do something special." And I think there's a lot of these kind of mini scenes, or when the cameos come back, are almost kind of like notes of philosophy 
that mm-hmm. Jesse needs to kind of start to believe in so that way he can move on with his life and start fresh. Because I think even even the way the movie ends, you have Jane uh, kind of in a flashback scenario too saying, you know, I've gone where the universe takes me my whole life. It's better to make those decisions for yourself. And I think, and it comes at a time when he's driving in Alaska as a, you know, in a fresh start scenario. So I think you're trying to see Jesse evolve in this movie. What do you think? What do you think about that? What do you think you learn from Jesse in this movie? Um, not much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ended the series with him driving away and not knowing what happened. And now we find out what happens up until the point where he drives away and we don't know what happened. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was fun to, to watch, but it, it it leaves us in the same place that we were when it started, just with a better mood about it. Like we feel better about Jesse as he's driving off to a new life in Alaska, as opposed to drive away screaming from being held captive by meth head skinheads. Yeah. At least the, the one thing is they do bookend it a little bit with kind of seeing him driving off, at least instead of screaming in terror that he's, uh, you know, smiling and kind of like looking forward I think it was kind of just a a make good for Jesse. Like this whole movie was kind of just, you know, we don't feel like just surviving was good enough for him. Maybe. Or maybe that's Gilligan's take, you know, and that's why you make a movie like this is that, you know, maybe he thought he deserved better, but outside of that, I can't understand why they would, you know, be amped to make this after so many years. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is that, there are some very entertaining scenes in here for sure. Uh, I mean, it does kind of operate like I'm a person on the run movie, obviously, because, you know, he is. But I never felt that tension. Like, I never felt like he was in pursuit. Like, they did such a clean job of when Skinny Pete and Badger kind of put their heads together and, and get him a a clean car, a burner, money. Like he was, he basically got handed a care package <laughs> while his car's on low jack and being pursued. Right. Yeah. They, they didn't really play up that aspect of it that he was on the run or there was really, you know, you, you never really felt like he was in any danger of being caught by the police ever throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Even when the police were directly in front of the vacuum store, I didn't think they were going to catch him. Yeah. Which, by the way, so I'll ask you because you brought up. Uh, the scenario for my favorite scene anyway. Uh, what would you say was your favorite scene from this movie? Like, what's the what's a big takeaway from this movie? The shootout with the uh, guys in the we- the welding shop. Yeah. Uh, the, the They did the draw. That was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't see that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But it was just really well shot. It was really cool. Uh, and it just was a very badass moment for Jesse that he doesn't seem to get very often yeah. as a character. So it, it, it felt earned. It almost felt like the culmination of everything that he's learned throughout the whole series from being a goofy, like high school, almost high school dropout drug dealer to now. It's 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 him full circle being a badass after all that time. So. Yeah, I think that's the one thing you're supposed to take away from this movie is that he kind of sacks up for the first time in this scene, to, for a lack of a better term. Because right, you see you see moments in this movie where he had an opportunity to, to kill Todd and to escape his scenario when they're out in the desert and, and he breaks down crying and can't do it. 
which I thought was an interesting scene to put in there. And then you see him again when he's in Todd's apartment in the present, when you have the guys from the welding group in there trying to rob the place and he has a chance to, to shoot them and really do some damage. And instead, again, he flashes back to that Todd scenario and he gives himself up. So the only scene in this movie where he truly takes command is that scene. I mean, it, it, he basically takes control of his life. I mean, you see little snippets of it in the movie of like glimpses that he can change and that he can stand up for himself and that he can take a hold of something. But I think you really don't see it until the very, very end. That's kind of his arc for the movie. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. I, I, that was probably my favorite scene of the movie, but I just I just liked being back in the universe again, just being back in Breaking Bad. It just felt comfortable and and like being home again in a terrible, awful drug dealing <laughs> crime ridden environment. But uh, it just felt great to, to have it back, even, even if it was superfluous at the end of the day. And it left us basically in the same place we were when we got right. there. It was it was fun to see all those characters again. It was it was fun to see Jesse, and it was it was good to see like the way it's all crafted and everything. It was just great to have it back. I was I'm so glad it didn't suck. Too. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm surprised that. Well, it's funny you say that because I've heard a lot of people say I haven't heard a ton of negative reviews. Like the the most negative people are is that you know it didn't hold up to what the series was, which God, how can it can? It's it's a tall order. But uh, what I would say is that the like even on IMDb or some of the other movie rating places, it's not getting great reviews though. So it is kind of like landing in that middle spot of like either you know you're a you're a big fan and you're just happy to be back and you're good to, you know with seeing all these characters and getting a, a compelling enough story. And, and moving on with your life. And then there's people who had such high expectations that it's hard to, to match those. And then there's some people who, obviously, there's always people who just straight up didn't enjoy it. But, you know, I didn't see a lot of that. But obviously, the ratings kind of make it kind of fall into a just above, like, good uh, type of rating. So. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was, like, some, like, life-changing cinematic right. event for me or anything. And, like... You know, it, it was like a good two, two and a half episode arc of the series that I mean, that's that's yeah. what it was. It, it wasn't it wasn't anything life changing or game changing. If you loved Breaking Bad and obviously you should, it's one of the best TV shows ever made. Then you're going to love this You know, as long as your expectations are in check that this is a coda to the series uh, of what happened to Jesse after he drove away. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not going to be Breaking Bad Two. Walter White's not coming through the door, you know, <laughs> except for like five seconds of the movie. But. I, I'm not sure what the expectations were at that point. That, that's what I always thought it was going to be was just a, you know, finish up wrap up of things, tie up some loose ends and hopefully not be terrible. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that my favorite scene in the movie is probably what I think I liked the most about this movie, or at least what, how it reflected back on this, on the series itself. Uh, the scene with Ed, uh, the initial scene with Ed in the store when, Jesse has to confront him to try to get him to utilize his services. I think that movie or that scene, excuse me, is the the best cameo for me, the best version of Jesse for me, because it kind of shows everything that he was in his series life. Like he's so close mm -hmm. yet. So like just not good enough. Like it was always him trying to meet the expectations of Walt and always trying like getting caught in his lies and and trying to be 
smarter and more badass than he actually is and always getting taken over in some and having to be bailed out in some way. He's outclassed always when it matters most. And I think that scene shows a lot where, you know, he's smart enough to track this guy down. He's smart enough to get the money. He's smart. He's good enough to get all those things. But Ed is just one beat ahead of him. Like, like (laughs) you still owe me 125 grand is a deflating moment. You still owe me 1800 is even more deflating. The 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 turnaround of when he says that, you know, like uh, he calls the cops and Jesse thinks he's caught him in a lie. And then it, he ends up panicking like a child. And Ed, still being just a nice person, was like, don't forget your money. <laughs> you know, like he's just so nice to him, <laughs> even for being like a, a rigid hard ass about his services. So I think that scene does a lot for me. And that's the best thing about this world that they created is that these characters are they don't bend just to make the the show or the movie work better for the main characters. Like in any other show, he would just would have forgave him the eighteen hundred. Yeah. But in Breaking Bad world, he's just like I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> so so I would say that Robert Forrester as Ed is probably my favorite cameo in here. Did you have a a favorite of your own? I uh, I was surprised to see uh, Kristen Ritter show mm. up at the end. I was uh, very surprised about that. I didn't expect that at all. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Todd being in the, sh- yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Uh, I know we mentioned that before. He's obviously gained weight since they uh, – and it's so noticeable. And I just love that the movie just – they don't give a yes. fuck. <laughs> he shows up and they – when he first shows up, they're filming him through the bars. I'm like, okay, well, obviously he's – you can even just tell from that. Obviously, he's put on weight. He looks a little different than he did when they filmed the, yeah. the show. They're going to get around this. This is going to be like when someone on a sitcom's pregnant and they're always standing <laughs> behind a couch or holding a grocery bag or something. Um, but no, like the, after that first scene where they just kind of show him through the bars, it's it's full on. And the movie's just like, you know what? It's been eight years. We don't give a crap. Just go with it. <laughs> And he's such a he's my favorite sociopath in the history of television. I think because see he he gets some of the funniest lines to come through that aren't on paper funny, but the way he's doing it through the lens of like being a ruthless killer, you know, like and a sociopath without being intense. He's so low key that everything is so goddamn funny, and I think. It's just so matter of fact for him that like, oh, there's a dead housekeeper on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Like for every question that Jesse asks him where he's like, so like when they put the El Camino top on the back, so that's what you needed me to help you with. He's like, ah, not quite. I think there's some more. Uh, Just follow me. Like he's just coy. He never gets to the point. You know, it's like you have this guy essentially as your slave, like as your captive. Yeah. It's, (laughs) <laughs> and yet he's still just core with like, oh, I got a dead body for to take care of. <laughs> you know, he's just kind of a slow, <laughs> slow fuse the entire time. And he's hilarious about it. Like even just throwing the dead body off the balcony <laughs> in the, when they're rolling up the body in, in, in the rug. And he's just being so careful about it. Like, Oh, we're going to have to start over. And you're like unfolding this woman. <laughs> dead body such dark humor in all the todd stuff that like my i think one of my favorite todd lines was they just finished burying the dead body and they're sitting on the back of the el camino and he turns to jesse and he's like so do you want to say a few words 
<laughs> I laughed out loud at that scene. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But yeah, Jesse Plemons, I mean, to me, I, I, he's he's growing on me as one of my favorite actors, period. Like, as far as people have had big-time careers after Breaking Bad, I think he's mm-hmm. might have the best. I mean, he's going to be in The Irishman, uh, which obviously is upcoming, or obviously in festival form, it's out. But, like, you know, people are going to see it wide next month. And then right after, he goes on this run of Black Mass, Bridges Spies, The Post, American Made, Game Night, Vice. Like, he has all of these huge movies that he's just all a part of because people just think he's the best. And even looking forward, he's going to be in that Jungle Cruise movie for Disney. So clearly he could do anything he wants. He's got uh, a horror movie called Antlers. Did you see the trailer for that one? Yeah, I'll be skipping that one. Yeah, it's a little nutty. I'm interested. And again, I think largely I'm interested because he's in it. And then uh, they're doing a movie uh, adaptation of The Bell Jar, and he's going to be in that too. So he's got so much stuff with like some of the best directors around. Like Everybody seems to respect this guy. And this is kind of a, a, a small sample of how great he can be with even just a small role to just you know run with. Mm-hmm. And he was in Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> is that right? Yes. So you're skipping antlers, but you're hanging out watching like Mike. <laughs> I may have already seen like Mike, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, I would think, and this is actually kind of the thing for for Aaron Paul too. You get a whole movie to be Jesse Pinkman again. I'm sure he wasn't too sad about that because what do you think about his career post Breaking Bad? Um, he's fallen into that trap where he's an actor that was on a very popular show and he just gets cast in things because he was on Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they can put him on the poster and people go, oh yeah, the guy from Breaking Bad. And then they might go watch like Need for Speed, the movie. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is one of like probably two things that he's known for since <laughs> then. Like between that and The Path, if you yeah. have Hulu, like he had multiple seasons of a show where he's the guy. So at least that's good that there's uh, enough services to be on. Apparently need for speed was huge in China. So they're, they're always threatening to make a sequel to that. But uh, yeah, I, I feel bad, a little bad for him. He's almost, and we had mentioned Battlestar Galactica earlier. Uh, a yeah. lot of those actors get stunt casted in other terrible genre shows all the time. Yeah, Like when they did a reboot of V, a few years yep. ago like the whole cast was like there's these people from firefly and there's these people from smallville and here's these people from battlestar and it was just like oh god i feel bad for these people yeah and i mean sometimes you even see it where uh like when uh they started doing the flash like they bring back the flash from you know the 1970s or 80s version yep John uh, to be, ship. Yes, to to be his dad, and you know, it's like you get all this, you know, kind of larger fan stuff, and guys who haven't worked but they were known for something big at one time. You see that a lot with that, and I'm sure Smallville or any of the other comic book stuff kind of covered those as it went too. Right, and I don't know what his contract was. He may have enough money to never have to work for the rest of his life, and it's just like, oh, car racing movie, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, fly me to like Prague for six weeks, and I'll film a movie about racing cars. Who cares? 
you know, yeah, totally. Because I, I know, like for example, the people that the, the the actors from Friends, like they were making like twenty million dollars a year, for, yeah, like, six years making that. So yeah, they don't have big careers, but what do they give a shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's interesting. Obviously, like even the Seinfeld effect from right. the same era. It's like you know, Jerry's like you know, I'm a stand-up man. Like I'm I'm not gonna. I played myself. Like he's not going to be a, a big deal in other stuff. He's not going to go turning around and being a movie star. And, but even the guys who came in where they had some kind of career going forward, like they just didn't have a lot of those next big moments, except for Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who I think was probably the biggest talent from that show. And it shows. And like, so she goes and makes Veep. She gets to do more with her career. You know, maybe not so much for, say, uh, Jason Alexander. You know. But it's yeah, you know, when you have a lot of money and there's maybe they just lose the oomph yeah to, 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 to go after that stuff. So I don't know what his financial situation is, but I do like him as an actor. Um, I didn't watch The Path on Netflix or not Hulu, unfortunately, but it did get yeah. canceled. So uh, sadly, uh, he won't be doing that anymore. Hey, but it always lives on in my Hulu account. <laughs> that's right. I don't. So I don't know. Maybe he was des- desperate. Maybe that's why this movie exists. He was calling uh, Vince Gilligan up and saying, "Hey, how do you? What do you think about a movie about Jesse?" <laughs> right. I haven't seen him doing like the Comic Con circuit or anything. So yeah, maybe he's not desperate yet. I, what did you think about? I don't know if you were a fan of him before, but the timing I have to at least address of Robert Forrester here, where he has such an amazing turn in this in this movie and then dies on the day that it comes out. Did he plan that? Was that a, like yeah. a promotional <laughs> was thing? It was a marketing plan. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> it was in his contract. Can you he hold out? He was until Thursday at midnight to right. you know try to <laughs> hold out for when it came through. He's ever the showman. No, yeah. I... I, I it's that's crazy but it's just the way the world works he's a great actor he was awesome and jackie brown too so i mean and a million other things yeah i mean i i don't like maholland drive but i thought he was excellent in that movie too right uh so he's definitely had a long storied career and i'm glad that he gets to go out on something at least popular or at least something a lot of people will see. I thought it was he was good in the series, and and this just amps it one step further. Kind of echoes how well he did in in the last season. But you know, I I appreciate it. But it's kind over- of a big name actor to be in a TV show like that. So that's kind of the cachet the show had built up at that point to be able to say, "Hey, Robert Forster, want to be in this?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, and I mean, and it's impressive to bring out not a lot of TV shows that are so big when they want to bring things back, get everybody because some people are either just like they had the worst experience doing the show or they, you know, have a bigger time career that they just can't find in their schedule or it wasn't worth their time. You see a lot of these things. I think it's a testament to Gilligan that he can bring all these people back and that they're willing participants, you know, I know it's only six years later, I think, from when the series ended or something. But, you know, it's still a, a, a big deal to get everybody back. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was surprised. No, sorry. I was surprised that they uh, they they were able to get most of the people back and get it. So it just fit right in. You know, you everybody was there. I couldn't believe some. of. I couldn't. Like I said, Kristen Ritter coming back. I wasn't expecting um, right. you know, some of the more bit actors. Obviously, what are they doing there? You know, the guy that 
play skinny Pete really have a busy plate. He can't clear to, to sure. <laughs> reprise his biggest role. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. I, I, I really, really enjoyed the links they went through to completely re immerse you back into this universe. So, so I guess we'll end on that. So after seeing the movie, how do you think it, it, I mean, you've got most of your opinions out, but would you say you recommend this to any fan of the show or, you know, do you think that it holds up well enough that anyone should see it? How do you, how, what's your overall feelings on it? I would not watch this if you have not watched the series at all. Like this is not a movie movie where you can just jump in and watch it. Um, you know, if you watch Breaking Bad and you loved it, like we did, like obviously you're going to watch this and it's great. If you haven't watched Breaking Bad, sit down and binge that first. But you can't just walk into this cold. It, it does not work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and I would say, I, you know, I still think I, I don't know how it holds for you. But, uh, you know, I really liked Breaking Bad. I really like Better Call Saul. And, you know, Vince Gilligan has has had a career. I mean, even his time with the X-Files. You know, like he he's done a great job, which I don't know if you caught the pack of cigarettes. Did you catch it? No. Where was that? The pack, the pack of cigarettes in the glove box when Jesse goes to, to get the smokes out of the El Camino, the scene with with Todd. Uh, they have the Morley cigarettes, the, the smoking oh, and God, cigarette yeah. brand. Yeah. Uh, that that is in the glove compartment. So that was a nice little nod for his own thing. This thing, I, uh, there's a lot of kind of little nods to everything that they've done. There's so many kind of between the cameos and there's some little pockets. I was reading stuff. online that the tarantula that Todd has was somebody else's in the series, but I couldn't remember whose pet tarantula that was. Yeah, it's from, he, he kills a kid, I think, early on somewhere and then he took the tarantula as kind of just like oh look <laughs> you know, this, that's Todd to the T like he doesn't have yeah. any like qualms about like oh you know or sentimental like as sentimental as he got about his cleaning lady is about as sentimental as he gets but you know, right I, I I think I, I would have even benefited I would even like this more if I had sat down and rewatched the series up to it but I haven't watched it since it ended um, and I just physically do not have the time to watch 68 hours of television. No, but what I would recommend if anyone's coming into this and you've hung on and heard all the spoilers and are still like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Well, you're kind of dumb. I'm sorry. But the yes, <laughs> this is the podcast. But the what I would say is that for anyone who is curious and wants to go back and kind of after you heard all our thoughts, I did it the way I did. I watched the last five or six episodes that kind of lead up to where we are now and i think that's a good way because you kind of rewatching the whole series you're going to get lost in every single storyline ever uh-huh. but as this one focuses on a lot of the characters from those last few episodes and especially that last season so i mean rewatching the whole season fine but I'd say you can definitely get away with rewatching the last five or six and definitely be right back in where you where you should be emotionally and, and mentally. So I think that would be a good idea. But like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I've watched it multiple times. It doesn't you know, get soured on anything. I think the performances are really good. I think if you're expecting this to kind of replace how I feel about the end how the show ended or replaced that feeling it's not going to this is just the continuing adventures of something and i think it's wild that it's still kind of left 
the door open. Um, I would have thought that we would have probably either seen Jesse blown to bits or I was expecting that. I was kept waiting at the end. I'm like, okay, when's something terrible going to happen? <laughs> the car's going to explode. Yeah. Somebody's going to cut him off. Um, you know, the skinheads are going to show up or something. I was expecting something awful to happen at the end, but it didn't. So it was, it was actually pleasantly surprising. Now, d- did you expect that as something for Jesse? Like, or do you think that fits like as far as like, okay, when you're watching Breaking Bad, you're like, Walter White's going to die. He has to die. Like almost philosophically, this amoral right. cre- like arc that he's going like the literally Breaking Bad, uh, you know, scenario. He had to die in a way. Like it'd be weird if he didn't. And for Jesse to escape, I don't know if it sat how it sat with people in the moment, but it's like you feel good for him. But I don't know why. Do you have your finger on that? Like, do you think Jesse should kind of like? suffer the same fates as Walt as he was kind of hand in hand for so long? No, I, you know, honestly, if you watch the show, it, it always felt like he was kind of along for the ride. Right. Uh, you know, and I, it almost felt like Walt was manipulating him from the start. You know, he was really uh, grooming him for lack of a better term to, to like be his partner in this. And that he needed him for, to do a lot of this, but you know, I don't think that Jesse would have, Got any of this stuff, he'd probably be still sitting in his parents' garage smoking weed, playing video right. games. Yeah, he'd live like how Skinny he, Pete and Badger were at the, when, when this exactly, movie exactly. So I don't, I don't, you don't have the. Uh, well, obviously, the show makes you end up cheering for Walter, even though you're not supposed to. But you don't have the like feeling where he should get his comeuppance. Like a lot of this stuff just happened because of the situations he was in. So it was nice to see him drive off into the sunset, hopefully to live in Alaska and fish and meet Eskimo women or something. Yeah. And I thought even, even scenes like the ones with skinny Pete where he's like, you know, you're my hero and shit. Like, you know, like those type of moments, I think are what Vince Gilligan thinks, you know, Jesse should get like, that's how he should leave the series. That's how he should have his lasting moments with the fans that it's like, he escaped, he thrived, he he truly escaped, you know, in, in the leave to Alaska. So, you know, I guess that's the lasting image that Gilligan wants, and that's what we're going to get. But, you know... It, Good, no more. <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, if this didn't exist, I'd be fine. But, you know, with it existing, I'm like, okay, that was worthy of my time. You know, <laughs> whatever. I would right. also be sitting in my basement playing video games. So, like, it's not like I'm doing anything <laughs> too much different. You know, maybe teach my kids how to read. I don't know. I I guess I could be doing that, but you know, yeah, it's exactly. overrated. So, you know, we. I think it's 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 a good way to jump back in. Like you said, it definitely is a, a comforting feeling to come back to. It's a, it's a it's a welcomed start and you know, you're going to, and you're going to get more, you know, cause better call Saul's not done yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, and Garen, I'm, I'm fascinated with what he has next. Have you, have you looked to see what his upcoming projects are? Oh God, no. What is he going, what does he have coming so up? So obviously he's going to cap off better call Saul, but he has a Jonestown Jim Jones movie in the works. And he also has a new take on Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Hopefully it be better than the last new take. Oh, yeah, those have never worked. Like, the only ones that have ever worked is, like, watching Mickey Mouse do it instead of somebody else, you know? Right. 
That was uh, the the last one was when uh, Brian Singer got out of the pool at his uh, underage <laughs> gay pool party. It was like I need to make a Jack of the Beanstalk <laughs> right. movie. <laughs> he's such a terrible person. Thank God he's not making movies <laughs> yes. anymore. Thank God. So yeah, so you know, like I said, this is where it ends. That's fine. I, I would imagine some people are going to be more over the moon about it than me. Uh, I haven't seen largely like the Twitter reaction just yet. So I'm curious to do the deep dive now that I've gotten my own thoughts. Yeah, everyone out. I've seen on, on yeah, everyone I've seen on letterbox is kind of in the same boat as us. Like I gave it three yeah. stars. Everyone's right around there, you know, three, three and a half stars. It's good. I'm glad it exists. Uh, I'm glad it didn't suck. And that's that. You know, it wasn't a life changing event of a movie. It was it was just good to go watch it. Breaking Bad for another two, uh, two and a half hours again. And uh, please don't make any more because I don't want. Yeah. You to ever suck. <laughs> well, I know something that doesn't suck. That only takes an hour. Uh, the So Wizard podcast is a very good time. I oh, enjoy boy. listening to you guys. You are every single week like clockwork. Okay. You're never going to, you know, go away for six years, get fat, and then come back and do some more podcasting. <laughs> I think that's uh, not, the, not the intent of you guys. I, d- I definitely identify with Todd because I have gained a lot of weight in the last few years, and I really try to just ignore yeah, it. Yeah, like exactly. It it's like, man, you couldn't do, like, how long did you have, man? Do some high-protein, low-carb stuff for a while. <laughs> Seriously. I, well, I, I really have enjoyed the people online trying to figure out a timeline where, you know, Todd went and got super fat and then lost weight again before. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. But yeah, we are, we are three friends. We discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly, uh, just about any podcatcher under the sun, big ones, obviously iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Yeah. We usually review movies, talk about the news and the media of nerd every week and, we just got back from New York Comic Con, so we've got a ton of interviews and content uh, across the podcast, social media, and our YouTube channel. Yeah, very impressive gets, man. I, I watched all of them. Anytime you guys post that, I was totally into it. I got to kind of live vicariously through you guys and, and the Pine of Comics guys and all my friends who were you know kind of posting from there. Uh, so that was kind of cool to see, man. And obviously, you guys had the press, so you had all the best stuff. So it was it was very impressive to see and very enjoyable to watch. Well, I'm still thank you. I'm still recovering. Uh, I mentioned this to one of my friends. We used to go to. I've been going to comic cons for years, long time, and I was like, remember we used to go to these things and just get like two hours sleep for a week <laughs> and just rage for like seventy two hours. I'm like dead. It's take. I'm. It's been a week. I'm barely recovered at this point. Yeah, so. it's an intense. It's a long day. I looked at my pedometer. I'm like, did I just really walk 27,000 steps today? Holy like, shit. Did this, this happened? <laughs> I, I pat myself on the back the other day because I had 17,000. That's impressive. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's my average day at my job. So. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm more of the, sl- you know, the corporate sloth during the day where I'm just you know tethered to a desk. But, you know. Uh, life changes so much, you know, because I'm sitting in front of a computer now talking to you. So right, even in my hobby time, now. I could be doing more. <laughs> but like I said, uh, anybody, you guys should uh, tune into So Wizard. They do a great job every single week. Uh, be sure to do that. Tell them where to find you on the socials and, and where to get the, the right, podcast. Right, right, right. Uh, SoWizardPodcast.com is our website. There's got links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's movie reviews. There's streaming picks. There's videos there as well. We've got our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search So Wizard Podcast. Um, and, yeah, we're there every week. Every week, without a doubt. We haven't stopped for five years, and we're crazy. So we just keep going. Uh, we got our Joker review coming up this week. 
We got Zombieland 2 in a couple weeks. We got a trip to Rhode Island Comic Con coming up. And then, of course, the big one in December will be uh, Episode 9 Star Wars. Yes, of course. I was going to say the big one. Is there a bigger comic-con coming in rhode island they have all the guests that i've ever wanted to see in my life i'm sure because uh new york doesn't kind of list them out the way some of these smaller cons than them do because they just have everything but you know because these massive panels but man they have all the (laughs) game of thrones people (laughs) they have like so many walking dead people like every big show and a lot of the like i think they have a ton of stranger things kids and everything else coming through like yeah, it's impressive for what I. Yeah, every year, every year I look at the guest list and I look at my wallet and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I won't <laughs> be meeting all these people. I see some of my friends dropping thousands of dollars oh. on autographs and pictures, and I am very envious. But I, I have a couple I'm eyeing. So, Felicia Day, we coming for you. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this was a pleasure, man. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, like I said, I've been a been a fan for for a little while here, so it's good to actually get to talk to you and get to to break something down. Uh, and good luck to you guys in the future. I'll be listening. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, we'll see you soon. Good journey. <laughs>